Hello, I'm Tony Collins and this is the Rugby Reloaded podcast. Today I'm going to look at the history of rugby in Italy, who are in the news at the moment because of the Six Nations tournament, but who also have a fascinating history of both union and league that reflects the shifting sands of Italian political history. There's also a long history of folk football games in northern Italy, the most famous example being the annual Calcio Fiorentino, the rugby-style game that was played in the Renaissance era and is today played every June in the Piazza Santa Croce in Florence. But modern rugby only came to Italy in 1893, when it was played in Genoa by English expatriates. Matches were also regularly played by visiting ships from the Royal Navy's Mediterranean fleet. But rugby did not become a sport played by Italians themselves until the first decade of the 20th century. In 1910, Racing Club de France played a Turin side, and the following year, the first Italian rugby club was formed by Piero Mariani as part of the US Milanese, the multi-sport club in Milan. But in 1927, Mussolini's fascist regime began to see that sport could be used for political and diplomatic purposes and began to provide Italian sports federations with significant resources. Rugby Union was one of the major beneficiaries under the leadership of Piero Mariani. In 1928, the Italian Rugby Federation was created, with 16 founding clubs based in the major cities such as Bologna, Milan, Naples, Rome and Turin. In 1929, after trial matches against French sides, the Italian national team played its first international match, losing 9-0 to Spain, of all nations. As was the case with other Italian sports, especially soccer, rugby was tightly integrated into the state. Mariana's successor as president of the Italian Rugby Federation was Giorgio Vaccaro, a general in the fascist militia and one of Mussolini's leading sports administrators. Lando Ferretti, Mussolini's press secretary, even wrote the introduction to the regime's 1928 guide to rugby, Il Gioco del Rugby. Rugby union appealed to Mussolini's regime because of its intense physicality and resemblance to war, but also because of its amateur philosophy. The Times reported in 1929 that the promoters of rugby football in Italy, such as Signor Varacco and Signor Tarati, secretary of the fascist party, have realised that the game must be strictly confined, as in Great Britain, to amateurs who can be trusted to play it in the right spirit of sportsmanship. Such was the enthusiasm of the Italians that in 1932 Mussolini's office wrote personally to the RFU asking them to organise a Congress of European Rugby Federations that could create a FIFA-style federation to encourage the spread of the sport throughout Europe. The suggestion was curtly dismissed by Twickenham, who replied that such an organisation was neither workable nor desirable. After this, the regime gradually lost interest in rugby from the 1930s, not least due to the phenomenal success of the Italian soccer side, which won the 1934 and the 1938 World Cup. Nevertheless, the Italian national rugby side continued to play regular internationals against other European nations. But it was no match for France and could only defeat Germany, easily the best team in Europe after France in the 1930s, twice in six meetings. Italy's rugby standing was so low, both at home and abroad, that they did not even go to Rugby Union's 1938 European Championship tournament. However, on Sunday the 5th of May 1940, just five days before Hitler's armies invaded Western Europe, Italy narrowly defeated Germany 4-0 in Stuttgart, thanks to a solitary drop goal from Roma's Francesco Vinci. It was to be the last Rugby Union international to be played anywhere until the end of World War II. Once the war was over, rugby struggled to gain popularity in post-war Italy, not least due to its associations with the old regime. 
the game slowly regained popularity in smaller towns such as Treviso, Rovigo and Lachia that did not have traditions of success in soccer and where rugby could provide a focus for the local community. Rovigo even became known as a town on the scrum. In 1955, the national side made its first visit to England, losing to London County's in a creditable 22-11 loss at Twickenham. But when it came to European rugby, the Italians still lagged far behind the up-and-coming Romanians. This weakness was not unconnected to the fact that until the early 1960s, Rugby in Italy was racked by a war between Union and League. In 1949, a number of Italian clubs had begun discussions with the British Rugby League authorities. There was enthusiasm on both sides, and in 1950, an Italian side played a nine-match tour against league clubs in France, England and Wales. The team was led by Vincenzo Bertolotto, the former captain of the Italian rugby union team, who had also led the RSG Torino rugby union team that won the 1947 Italian Rugby Union Championship. Eight of that Torino side provided the backbone of the Touring League team, and for a short time, a Torino rugby league team even played in the French rugby league. By the time that another Italian tour of England took place in 1954, the Italian league had 12 clubs, but as in France, the game was forbidden from calling itself rugby, instead being called Gioco de Tradici, Game of 13. In 1960, two matches took place against the Touring Australians, who were in Europe for the 1960 Rugby League World Cup which the Italians lost 37-15 in Padua and 67-22 in Treviso. By 1961, the Italian league had grown to 18 clubs playing largely across northern Italy. In May of that year, Italian rugby league reached its zenith with a 13-10 victory over the French national amateur side. But rugby union diehards in the Italian Rugby Federation claimed that league was nothing more than a disgruntled faction of rugby union, rather than a completely different sport. This meant that the Italian Ministry of Sport refused official recognition to league and, unable to access government funding, facilities or the school's PE curriculum, the game died out. This victory over league initially did little to improve the position of Italian rugby union. Italy finished second in the inaugural European Nations Cup in 1966, but it would be another 10 years before it would rise again to such levels. To improve the popularity of rugby union, the Italian Federation decided to allow clubs to recruit unlimited numbers of overseas players, especially those of Italian heritage. Regional teams modelled on the South African provincial system were introduced, and in 1975, the first non-Italian, Welshman Ray Bish, was appointed national coach. But the most important change in the fortunes of Italian rugby was inadvertently caused by the Italian government's tax reforms of the 1980s. As part of the liberalisation of the economy, the Ministry of Finance allowed a percentage of company turnover to be spent on tax-deductible community projects. Rugby therefore became a popular community project for some of Italy's biggest businesses. So, for example, the fashion company Benetton essentially bought the Treviso Club, renaming it Benetton Treviso, and Brescia benefited from the patronage of Silvio Berlusconi's media empire. Huge amounts of money poured into the Italian game, enabling clubs in the late 1980s to recruit stars like David Campese, who played for Brescia, John Kerwin at Treviso, and Nas Bota at Rovigo. Although Italian rugby union was still officially amateur, Campese claimed that his time in Italy had made him rugby's first millionaire. Most importantly, from a domestic perspective, the huge rise in playing standards also brought a host of top coaches to Italy and a much more competitive reorganised league structure, 
The fruits of this new era were seen in the first Rugby Union World Cup in 1987, in which the Italians defeated Fiji, heralding their rebirth on the international scene. The early 1990s also saw a revival of Italian Rugby League. A team composed of native Italians and Australian Italians played in the 1993 Sydney World Rugby League Sevens, and it was strong enough by the year 2000 to play in that year's Emerging Nations World Cup tournament. In 2013, the side made its debut in the Rugby League World Cup proper. The 1990s was also the decade that the Italian National Rugby Union side transformed itself into a serious international force. It defeated Italy in the 1995 World Cup, and in 1997 it took the scalps of France and Ireland for the first time ever. The passing of the baton of European Rugby Union was symbolically marked by the fact that of the nine matches between Italy and Romania in the 1990s, the Italians won seven. So when it came to expanding the Six Nations in the year 2000, Italy was the only choice. The long march of the Azzurri to international recognition had ended in triumph. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Rugby Reloaded podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is at Collins Tony. And if you want to dig a bit deeper into the history of rugby and the other football codes, take a look at the Rugby Reloaded website at www.rugbyreloaded.com. Until next week, thanks for listening.